Welcome, Play On Podcast listeners, to this week's episode. This is your host, Nano Taggart. We're so excited to be joined by the Utah Shakespeare Festival's Properties and Display Director and Assistant Director, Ben Homan and Marielle Bonneau. Ben and Marielle are both year-round administrative staff, so we've had the opportunity to get to know them. They're so much fun. You're in for a treat. Ben has been here at the Utah Shakespeare Festival for 21 seasons, during which he has worked on the Shakespeare in the Schools tour as a designer for five years. He has also worked as a scenic designer in the Education Department student program, Playmakers. Ben has also been the props artisan, props supervisor, and crew head. He currently serves as the Properties and Display Director. Marielle has been with the festival for 17 years, including her current position as the Assistant Properties and Display Director. She served as Acquisitions Manager, Props Shopper, Props Artisan, and Crew Head. She's also served as Master Carpenter and Scenic and Props Carpenter at the Dallas Theater Center. Thank you so much, Ben and Marielle, for joining us. I know you're busy. Uh, still got fall season going on, and you're both full-time you know, administrative staff as well. So we really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Uh, I'm wondering if you could just talk a little bit about what you do, what it means to be a properties and display director and assistant director here at the Shakespeare Festival. Sure. Um, the title doesn't really tell you what all, what all we do. Uh, props are so many things. You know, I often tell in my seminar that I give twice a week to mm -hmm. our, our patrons, I tell them, you know, if you moved out of the house you're living in and moved to a new house, everything you put in the moving truck is my job. You know, scenery builds the house. The props department makes it a home. Yeah. So all the furniture, knickknacks, books, rugs, chandeliers, clothing, pets, uh, plants, food, all that stuff is our uh -huh. job. Um, and so when you're having multiple shows going, you have to keep all the directors happy and get them all the stuff. Um, and then on top of that, we do all the display work, which makes the place look like a festival. So that includes courtyard benches and tables and chairs and, and the signage. banners and, and signage. The banners, and... all the banners on Main Street, all that kind of stuff is display. Yeah. Um, so just trying to keep all of that balanced and juggled um, is, is quite a bit of a challenge. And then we also have all the administrative stuff of like budgeting and prepping for next year and hiring and working on design meetings. And, and like prepping for the next season with the meetings and stuff yeah. like that. How much of acquiring props would you say, and, and what dictates, you know, these decisions? How much of it is building? How much of it is surfing around for, you know, oddities on eBay? How much of it is, I mean, do you get to go to yard sales? Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah, we do a lot. It, we, we try to pull as much as we can from stock just because yeah. budgetarily that helps and um, labor-wise that helps. Mm -hmm. But we look at it in, will this piece be useful to us? Are they going to stand on it? We need to make it extra sturdy. Yeah. Like a chair bought from a store may not make it through a play where you're tossing furniture yeah. around. So sometimes it's smarter to build it so that we don't have to rebuild it 20 times during the run. Gotcha. And then there's a lot of specialty things that you can't find in Cedar City. I mean, Walmart only carries so much. Home Depot only carries so much. Yeah, Joanne's absolutely. carries so much, you know. Uh -huh. So we do a lot of... We do find some things at yard sales like Anne Frank. When we did Anne Frank, we went and found a mm -hmm. lot of the dressing, like the kitchen stuff, old pots and pans and oh, wow. uh, like linens and stuff at like DI or the garage sales and things like that. And we also do a lot of eBay, Etsy mm -hmm. stuff online because everyone sells vintage stuff now online. So it yeah. helps a lot. Both Mario and I worked here before the internet existed, um, <laughs> before Al Gore was nice enough to invent that for us. Yeah. Um, and uh, 
I, I don't know how we ever got a season open because Before. now, yeah, because we didn't have credit cards and we didn't have the internet, you know. And so, if you wanted to order something, you had to call the company, send, have them fax an invoice, and turn the this, invoice just in. Just massive cache of catalogs, yeah, probably. Right? Exactly, like, absolutely. We, and we, still we still have do. a lot of catalogs. Yeah. yeah. But then we had to wait for the university to cut a check, mail the check, wait for them to get the check before they would oh, ship wow. the product. So the you lead know? time on getting stuff yeah. was probably yeah. four And he times. wasn't year-round. So we started in May with right. this process. Yeah, and, we had eight uh, weeks, just like we do now. You know, And I'm like, how did we ever get the shows open? Because now we call places and we're like, we need that tomorrow. And they're like, okay. And we give them the credit card number and you know, wow. they ship it overnight and, and we can make that happen. Not that we... We hope to do that, but sometimes that happens. Oh, absolutely, you know, yeah. But it's just, you know, and we can search for stuff on the internet. You know, I'm like, how did we ever do this before we, we had... weren't The quality wasn't as high. I well, mean, we are much more authentic in the pieces we give the actors to create the characters than we used to be. I mean, you now have something from the 60s or from the 40s rather than here's a stick, use it as a pen, yeah. you know? Well, and your director <laughs> and your scenic designer can send you links things they research on the internet so you have a little bit more familiarity with, with your with the period the things they're trying to pull off yes right it's just it's just all right there yeah. yes that's incredible so, we used to make a lot of things that looked old now we can actually find some of the things that, that are, old. are old yeah wow how so. much i gotta ask this can, can you maybe give people an idea of how much stuff the utah shakespeare festival has i mean in terms of past scenic components components that we've held on to props right. the gala house things the things that we've used in fundraisers right. Um, we have about almost, well, we have 18,000 square feet of storage. We have three 6,000 square, well, two 6,000 square foot warehouses and a roughly 6,000 square foot tent that used uh -huh. to be uh, for our feast. Um, and they are all packed to the gills. You know, when I started here, I think the prop shop had 21 pieces of furniture. Um, and oh my the Randall had only opened a couple years before that. Um, and we'd be uh -huh. a designer out of Salt Lake who would just bring his stuff down every year. Uh -huh. Um, but now we have over 800 pieces of furniture. Wow. Um, we have a 6,000 square foot warehouse just for props and display. Um, and it is, it is packed to the gills. Um, and every year we, I would say we add on average 25 to 30 large pieces a year, mm -hmm. um, depending on the shows. Depending on the shows. Yeah. What, what, uh, what dictates whether or not you're going to keep a piece around or, you know, sell it in the props auction or maybe just give it to a high school theater um, that could there, use the help. Uh, durability, um, yeah. aesthetics. Is it useful again? Mm -hmm. Like we're doing Boeing Boeing right now, which uh -huh. is a great show, but it's a 1960s, very modern looking apartment. Yeah. It's going to be 20 years before we do another show that requires most of that stuff. Yeah. So most of that stuff will probably either get auctioned or, or we'll find a home for it elsewhere because... I don't have the storage space to save Everything, that, yeah. knowing that it's going to be 20 years before I need it again. You know, the amount of the cost of saving it for 20 years yeah. probably isn't worth it for that particular show. Um, but like crates and barrels, we use every single year. Couches, Victorian gotcha. furniture all the time. All the time. Um, so that kind of stuff we find space for. We'll shift stuff around or stack stuff higher or whatever to, to hold well, on to that And stuff. as we go, we're getting – our quality is getting higher, and so we're learning the stuff from 20 years ago – can go, we can replace it with the stuff mm -hmm. that we built the past couple of years. And so we kind of cycle through and mm -hmm. the, the benches that we thought were great, we found out we have better. It's like your phone, you know, you're like, oh, this yeah, phone's yeah. amazing. It flips open. And now you're like, you use it, yeah. The more you learn about it. And so gotcha. we're progressing. Things are getting better and we're getting, you know, better, nicer furniture every once in a while, you know, so we, we kind of replace things too. It depends on, you know, but it's a lot of it is reusability and, durability so you've been here 21 years ben including the time you were just you know artistic staff and 17 years for you marielle right yes. um so you were here 
basically before the festival started, it had a cache of objects. Did you know that there would be this long road of acquisition and having things and housing things and cataloging things? Or, or, or were you 15 years into it and all of a sudden you're like, oh man, we need a system. I can't. No, no, no. <laughs> I can't. At, at the end of my first year, we uh, all the artistic staff meets with the producers and has sort of yeah. an exit interview every year. And the first year cool. they said, you know, what's the one thing that your department could use? And I said, storage. Mm -hmm. um, and it took 14 years before they finally built me a building. Um, <laughs> we were in storage units all over town and borrowed spaces. And every couple of years, they'd say, oh, you have to move everything from this spot to this and spot. From the, the basement warehouse the or whatever. Too, yeah. yeah. Um, and we'd lose stuff in the off season and stuff. Um, so storage has always been an issue. And other theaters I've worked at, you know, have a lot of storage. And it over time, uh -huh. it saves you tons of resources. It saves you labor. It saves you uh, financial resources because you can go into stock and and pull stuff like this fall we knew Boeing Boeing because we had nothing for that period mm -hmm. it was going to be an expensive show yeah so when we met with our designer Joe Winarski we said hey look we gotta pull Sherlock we have to go into the warehouse and find this entire show we can modify we can repaint we can reupholster yeah but we can't build furniture for this show we gotta find it all and she was like okay well let's go look and we walked through the warehouse and I think we built one table for this show. that sounds Kind of fun, actually. Yeah, it is. They're like an emporium of, of oddities, almost, you know? It, it is. <laughs> <laughs> we rent stuff all the time, and, and we have people just come out, um, uh, patrons, or, or you uh -huh. know, the board came out a couple of weeks ago for a board meeting, and we gave them a tour. And you just open the warehouse door, and people's jaws just hit the floor. They're like, oh my gosh, it's like Indiana Jones. I, I, hear, that, <laughs> I hear that I hear that. more than any other comment. Oh my Indiana, gosh, it's like Indiana Jones, oh, the warehouse. The, the warehouse. The warehouse. <laughs> And it is. And, and some of the stuff, like we've saved some pieces both in our shop. We decorate our shop a little bit and also in the warehouse. Pieces we're never going to use again. Uh -huh. But they're just so cool that we're like, we got to display these. Yeah. So we have Tinkerbell off the front of the ship from oh, wow. That's uh, Peter cool. the Starcatcher. Or we have like the telescope we built uh, for a Tempest that was based on Leonardo da Vinci. You mm -hmm. know, Never going to get used again, but it sits on a top shelf. Yeah. And we can sort of point it out to people when they when they come through and stuff. So, so you actually put some thought into the presentation of a storage space. Yeah. There's a like a bit. theatrical a little component. Bit, yeah. A little bit, yeah. Two people going through our yeah. storage unit. Yes. Well, we're proud of the, the fun things we've done, and we're not going to use them again, but yeah. they were so unique and so fun and so interesting that you don't want to just You don't want to just get rid of yeah. it because it's yeah. really cool. So it's, yeah. we're hoarders, basically. We just, we hoard aesthetically. <laughs> and our job yeah. allows us to be, so that helps. Yeah, that's, <laughs> true. that's kind of part of the job description. It exactly. Like. So we have a lot of stuff. I imagine... You know, Pioneer Theater has a lot of stuff. A lot of, a lot of performing arts, you know, companies have stuff of, over the years. They've been around for a long time. Do you have relationships with the other theaters? Is there, I mean, and how does that work? Who manages the relationships? If somebody, do they call and say, hey, can we use your, uh, your prow from the boat from this show? You know, can we, how does that work? Um, yes, to some extent. Our, our biggest problem is our location. Um, remote. A, yeah, very remote. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, there's a lot of theaters in the Midwest, a lot of theaters on the West Coast, on the East Coast. We don't have a lot of theaters around us. We do borrow stuff from Pioneer every once in a while. George, uh -huh. who's the designer there, comes down and borrows stuff from us, um, uh, you know, once a year or so. We, we, I belong to a national prop, well, we both belong to a national prop master organization mm -hmm. called SPAM, the Society of Properties, Artists, and Managers. SPAM. Um, SPAM. Yes. Not yes. going to forget that. Yes. Um, <laughs> And so we have a rental ag agreement that basically um, we could borrow anything from any other spam theater. Mm -hmm. All we have to do is pay for labor to 
box it, pack it, whatever, mm -hmm. um, and to restock it, um, and then shipping costs both directions. Yeah. So the drug paraphernalia kit we're using in Sherlock Holmes, mm -hmm. we borrowed from Milwaukee Rep. Because I was oh, like, wow. there's cool. no reason to build this very specialized prop when it exists out there. Yeah. Um, we just got back uh, last night from Denver. Yeah. We actually drove over to Denver Center uh, Performing Arts uh, and returned. We borrowed a truckload of stuff for several shows this oh, cool. summer. Uh, mostly because Vicki Smith, one of our designers this summer, uh, designs a lot there. Okay. And didn't know our stock. Um, had no gotcha. chance to come out and see our stock before she designed the shows. And she was like, oh, I know Denver has this chair and these stools and this bench. And, you know, let's just go borrow all this stuff from Denver. And so we called Robin and she said, sure, come on over, bring a truck and we'll we'll work it out. You know, so uh, we paid very little money. We basically paid for her to have people, you know, yeah. take the stuff off the shelves for us and put it back on the shelves for mm -hmm. us. And we got, you know, a huge, you know, donation for the summer of furniture um, that we just returned. So. There's a little bit of that. We've we've shipped things. We shipped a moose from Ashland a couple years ago for mm -hmm. a show because I was like, really, right? On. Yeah, I was like, when am I ever going to need a moose head again? Uh -huh. You know, and it probably cost as much. We could have built it for what we paid in shipping, but I was like, I don't have to store a moose head. Yeah, so exactly. for this particular instance, it makes sense to pay the shipping and and just borrow it and just borrow it and not so, worry about it. Yeah. How how much in the in the repertory environment are you are you too involved in changeover at all with with props and stuff? Do you get things or is that all? the you know the hands yeah there's a, there's stuff. a crew that, that we hire that does all that we get called in for maintenance uh -huh. you know if they if they drop a chair and snap the back off or yeah um you break know the legs off break a leg off a bed that, that kind of you stuff know. happens all the time it does right? it does yeah. yeah let's be honest we get like one probably major note a week in the summer uh -huh. um and they do a lot of the repairs, but if it's something major, they'll call us and we'll go in between shows and assess and either take it back to the shop or bring stuff over to the theater and uh -huh. do the repairs. But there's an entire run crew that once we open the shows, they kind of take over all the maintenance and repairs so okay. that we can then move on. Like in the summer, we then, the two of us, have to build our fall shows. So okay. as soon as we open, we gotcha. get a couple days breather and then we go on to build the next shows. So the crew kind of takes over most of that maintenance and repair. So you have some help then during the season with this stuff. Which is good. You don't yeah. have to worry about to and fro, essentially. Right. Yeah. Do so do the props of one show just kind of sit backstage? Do, do, is there enough room for, for stuff to just kind of hang out? <laughs> or is it a lot more? I know with like Les Mis, the, the battlement and the, you know, the barricade, that, 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 that couldn't have just been, you know, sitting in a hallway in the Randall, right? Um, they're, they're actually, the Randall was built with the idea of rep in mind. So uh -huh. behind the last line set, you know, yeah. the RP screen, there's there's a good 40 feet of storage space. Okay. Um, cool. So you can sort of stick two full stage shows back there. Back there. And then it becomes a question of where's all the little stuff go? You know, the mm -hmm. escape stairs, the prop boxes, all the props. So we try to work with scenery and say, okay, can all this furniture live on this deck? Yeah. You know, so in storage, can it live here? Do we need to get a cart to put it all on so it can roll around separately or whatever? Um, and then we work kind of with the scenery director and also with the crew as we're loading the shows in to kind of figure out a pack mm -hmm. of where things live so that we can access things too. Because if they break something and we need to get into the prop box, the prop box can be buried behind a set that we can't get to. Gotcha. So, you know, so we have to make sure that it's accessible and we can get to things um, to maintain as we go through the season. But I, I got to ask then, do things ever get lost? Do you ever have props just, um, oopsie daisies, we, we <laughs> lost the, uh, you know, the bench. Every once Usually in a while. Usually not furniture. Usually it's something smaller. An actor will put it in their pocket and take it home and it disappears. Or they think it's a piece of trash. Like we had these which we can't use anymore, electronic cigarettes. Uh -huh. And they were several pieces. And one piece looked like 
just a stick kind mm-hmm. of thing and someone threw it away and it was of course the most important expensive piece of the item the apparatus so we have things like that or before we had the new prop boxes they didn't latch really well and so things Mm -hmm. kind of would you'd lose little bits out every once in a while but for the most part they're pretty good there's a system of checking stuff in and out and and the assistant stage manager kind of makes sure everything gets back in its home in the box awesome and the it's harder the furniture it's kind of harder to lose i don't have we lost a piece of furniture am i lying not recently not recently not not recently (laughs) And it's, the, during the build, it's a little harder because yeah, because there's so much stuff coming in and out of both theaters. Uh-huh. You know, seeing it like in the Adams, they're fitting walls and stuff, and mm-hmm. stuff's coming back and forth to the auditorium and to the shops we worked on and stuff. And every once in a while, it'll just be like you something know, something gets put in a corner. Get, yeah, and a wall gets put in front of it or something like we you took away our stool. It was like no, we didn't. It takes us a couple hours of digging around. To just find digging around it, to find yeah. stuff. Once we get to opening and the and the crew kind of takes over and there's not. 12 cooks in the kitchen uh-huh. you know then after that we don't really have issues there's, there's yeah. kind of they have a pretty good system so cool. yeah. right on so do you, are you responsible i know you have no hand really in costume development and all that stuff but are you responsible for storing some of the costumes um not specifically no um we do the shakespeare festival is kind of unique in that we have an entire craft department uh-huh which is sort of an offshoot of costumes. They do uh, boots, shoes, belts, hats, glasses, uh, glasses okay. pocket watches, Accessories. jewelry. Accessories. A lot of places, some of those things would fall into the prop world. Like most places, props would deal with pocket watches and watches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here, because we have a craft department, they deal with that. Okay. So we actually have sort of a list uh, that we created a number of years ago. Um, what's a prop versus what's an yeah, accessory? Like we do umbrellas, they do parasols. <laughs> Because oh, wow. parasols uh, usually have to match a costume. I gotcha. And an umbrella, you know, a guy It's a, a, it's a functional yeah. item. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, there's a very specific list, and stage management has that list, and so they know who to direct the question to initially. Uh-huh. Like bags. Shoulder bags or larger bags are props, mm-hmm. but money bags or purses are crafts. Are crafts. Yeah. So they know kind of where to start the conversation. And then we work with the craft department. Sometimes they're super busy or we're super busy, and we may pass something off back and forth. Uh-huh. Um, but that's as, that's really as much as we do with costumes. And then display deals with a lot of costumes because yeah. we dress mannequins for lobby displays and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So we do deal with the costume shop in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're hopefully their storage uh, space is almost finished and gotcha. we'll probably be helping move because right now mm-hmm. they have, I don't know, six or seven storage units yeah, throughout town. Kind of yeah. And we're working on getting them a, a 3,000 square foot space that is totally gotcha. theirs. Um, and when that happens... Everyone in production will be involved in helping move all of that and get awesome. it reorganized. But, but yeah, we don't keep. We have no idea what everything is, and that's a whole different department. Mm-hmm. Like, Thank goodness. Yeah. So, so like moving towards say the 2015 summer season, how much of what you do can you kind of get a head start on, and and how much of it are you just you have to wait until you talk to your directors and, and all your seasonal company? Um, there's some stuff we can do. We can read all the scripts. Um, and make a, a, a prop list based on reading the script. So we know us... we're going to need a table right. and chairs. Right. Right. Okay. right. Um, and like in, in um, Charlie's Aunt, which we're doing in the Randall next year, there's a champagne bottle that they throw around mm-hmm. um, quite a bit. Uh, we did the show yeah. 19 years ago, 18, 19 years ago. Um, and in an, early, in an early rehearsal, they broke the champagne bottle. Uh-huh. So we made wood champagne bottles. Oh, well, wow. in the desert... A wood champagne bottle doesn't last for twenty years. Yeah, but Naturally. we could. But we know we're going to need some non-breakable champagne bottles, so uh-huh. we could start researching that and figuring out the best way to do gotcha. that. Um, luckily, though, we've moved our design process up, so we're going to have initial design meetings in a couple of weeks, oh, and wow. in December, 
all the design teams will be here in Cedar City um, for our. So we'll get a first look at all the shows. We'll get to take our designers out to our warehouse um, and go through stock and sort of tag stuff. Mm-hmm. So come January first, uh, we can really start pulling some stuff, working on it, doing maintenance mm-hmm. on pieces we know we're going to use. Yeah, um, and Searching that kind for of the stuff. things we Search, know we yeah. don't have and can't find. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I've been amazed at how much I had no idea how much work goes into putting on good theater. I really didn't. I think, my, and I don't think I'm alone. A lot of people think, you know, a, a handful of creative people get together maybe a couple months before a season starts and boom, you go. But there are so many people working so hard year round mm-hmm. to, to get even in the position to where you can have these scenic meetings and these design meetings and all this stuff. Yeah. And we joke. Um, I mean, I think the Shakespeare Festival does a better job than most places of letting the audience in on a little bit of that. You know, we have actor seminars, seminars and costume and seminars and prop seminars and, prop seminars, yeah. and backstage tours. So you can kind of see all the pieces and parts that it takes. But we always joke, you know, I tell patrons all the time, I was like, we, there's no nine, aisle nine and three quarters at Home Depot where we yeah. go, <laughs> the magic. you know, exactly. and they have pre-built brick walls that we can just be like, oh, we want one of those and one of those. And yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. You know, we, we have to build it or find it or procure it or, you know, modify it so that it fits the, the story or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it does, it does take a lot more work than you would ever imagine. I think a lot of people think all the lights are up all the time uh-huh. and somebody just comes in and turns them on, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, no, every single light is hung. Each light has a different purpose uh-huh. so you have to like choose what is this light for what am i trying to do am i lighting the scenery am i lighting the actor am i yeah. backlighting the actor what color does it want to be between mm-hmm. shows we switch out color yeah. so that you know your musical can be a lot brighter and and prettier and your drama can be a little bit darker and moodier mm-hmm. you know and we can put gobos in them to create pattern i mean in it's effect, like yeah. people like have no clue of all the little pieces and parts you know between shows together, yeah. we go yeah. from you know boeing boeing to sherlock holmes today you talk know, about a stylistic variation by right the way. these are right. absolutely <laughs> yes. styles and periods yes. right um you know but in two hours uh-huh. we move all the scenery out of the out of the way put new scenery in place switch out lighting switch out sound switch out costumes yeah um check everything to make sure it all works before we open the house and let the next group of audience members in to see the next to show. see the next show, you know, and just that group of people, and I mean, for years we've watched it and said this is just utterly amazing that we pull this off. And this is know, stuff that goes on between times. eleven o'clock at night and and one one o'clock the next day. Yeah, a lot of times. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The, the Randall too. Theater operates twenty four hours a day, all summer long. I mean, wardrobe starts doing laundry at midnight. Mm-hmm. And they're done at four in the morning. You know, wow. scenery and lighting are doing their changeovers in the middle of the night so they can come in in the morning and do checks. And stage manager yeah. comes in and does their checks. And it's repertory theater. There's a reason why it died almost everywhere in the country. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it's, it's expensive and hard to and do. Not easy. And yeah. not easy. And, yeah. and we, because of where we're located, you know, uh-huh. people won't come back. Six times over, oh, like, you, over a six month period, you gotta see six to different shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to come on once, and they want to see multiple offerings. And so we can't change that model. You yeah. know, we have to make that work. And it's just it's a logistics nightmare for every department. In our you know in our department, most regional theaters would put up a show, mm-hmm. and it would sit there for six weeks. Yeah. So the only people touching the props would be the actors. Gotcha. Well, our crew touches all of our props twice a day. And I love the crew, but they break a lot more than the actors do, <laughs> you know. And so we have to make our stuff three uh, times as strong 
for yeah. the same number of performances as another regional theater because it's being manhandled so much. So more. much moved, mm-hmm. carted. And in the Adams, it goes up and downstairs because it's stored upstairs. It's brought downstairs to be in a show. It's taken back upstairs, sometimes in a hurry. Uh-huh. So, you know, there's a lot. And the, the boxes are rolled around. And there's Hauled just the there's a lot of opportunities uh-huh. for damage. And so we really, it, there's a lot of planning that goes into making the indestructible prop. Gotcha. And, you know, yeah. what they say about that. We're, we're not there yet, but we're getting closer. <laughs> we're getting closer and closer. <laughs> we're going to patent it. Yeah. <laughs> and be millionaires. All right. On. Um, I'm sure a lot of people know, but uh, this is more for the, uh, you know, the audience that might not be aware. You two are married. Uh, to each other. To each <laughs> other. To each other. <laughs> to ben, each other. Ben, ben and Marielle together, a couple. Um, I'm wondering, Marielle, could you... Tell the story of maybe how, how you two met. There, there's this long list. I've been amazed. There, there's, there must be some sort of dancing Cupid at the festival because I, right. I can't tell you how many people I've met that have met their spouses and, and even just people they were in long relationships with here at the Shakespeare Festival. Yeah. And could you indulge us and maybe tell the story? Well, I, Ben had been here a couple of years before and you, this, it was your first year as a being a prop master. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, there were people who worked just in the Adams mm-hmm. and people who worked just in the Randall. Oh, wow. I didn't know so that. So we had a prop um, department for each theater. Each theater. So you had people okay. who just built scenery and just built props for the Adams and people who just did stuff for the Randall. And Ben was prop master in the Adams, And I came out from grad school to do a summer out here. And he was the prop master. It was Ben and a bunch of women. There are a lot of women prop <laughs> artisans. Um, and we did not get along. Ben did not <laughs> like me oh. at all. And I was um, going to be a crew head. So I was going to run the shows all summer. And they made the crew heads kind of assistants to the prop masters and the TDs and stuff yeah, yeah, so that yeah. you learned how to what was going on and so you could easily fix stuff throughout the run. Because you, so, didn't, you didn't have quite the systems that you have set up now. Right. right? It was a very of... different system. So... Um, I was technically his assistant, and he really didn't want assistance, <laughs> as he's shaking his head. So um, I didn't really realize he didn't like me until later, but he's like, yeah, I didn't like you that first year. I'm like, okay. And I did a, a good enough job. Back then, Ben also couldn't decide who he hired. Like, they hired his people for him because okay. he was also seasonal. So they, if they decided to hire him back. They also decided who else to hire back. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess I did a good enough job running the shows and stuff that they asked me to come back. I've been coming back since then. And things got better. I don't know. I, I don't remember a whole lot of like, I mean, we've been friends, but. How long were you friends before? Like, eh, maybe. Oh, 12, 15, I don't know, a long time. <laughs> so, yeah, 12 years about? Yeah, probably. yeah, about 12 years. I mean, we've been, you know, just friends and I've been dating people and he's been dating people and whatever. And. We had our own separate lives, and we were mm-hmm. out here for you know two or three months every year. And then he moved out here, and so he was here doing falls and things. And so sometimes we'd stay and do a fall, but I would keep going back to Texas. And then, I don't know, basically, <laughs> my story is you said, you should just move out here and marry me. And I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so the next summer, I... I went back to Texas and finished up my season there, and the next summer I moved out here, and that was in 2010. And then we got engaged the following summer. I don't remember my dates. And then we got married two years ago. So that's yeah. an incredible story. So yeah, we've known each other for a really long, a really time, long time, but it was like you know we see each other for a couple months 
in the summer and then go about our lives. And we had a lot of time to get to know each other, work out the kinks. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah, you we learn a lot about people. We had to do all them. this pre-marriage planning, like make sure that if you're 18, you know what you're getting into kind uh-huh. of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, not being 18, we, we knew what we were getting into. Absolutely. And it was pretty funny because the our our mentors were like, oh, pff, you're fine. Yeah. Well, you learn so much about the people you work with. Yeah. Especially in a high stress environment, yeah. which it is in yes, a repertory theater. So that had to limit surprises. I mean, in terms of, you know, moving in together, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah, the, it's the having a boy in your house all the time that you have to get it used to. boys. Yeah, yeah totally. Like, well, we don't like the long hair in the shower drain, Marielle. Yeah. yeah. Right? And I've, I've got a bit of that. <laughs> uh, we're probably close to out of time, but I'm wondering if I could get you, one of you or both of you, maybe to tell a story, just kind of a cool story. Maybe something recent uh, about, uh, matter-of-factly, a, a fun coincidence or an amazing connection you made because of the job here. Um, there are so many. Um, this job has been, I mean, for 21 years, it's just it's a really great job. And part of it, I think, is being able to meet the patrons. I've been doing my seminar now for, I think, nine years. Um, the prop seminar. The yeah. prop seminar. Cool. Um, and uh, just getting to meet people. And so uh, this July, um, I was doing my seminar during opening week, and this lady approached me at the end and said, do you take donations? And I said, yes. And she goes, do you have a card? And I said, yes. So I gave her my card. She said, well, I'll email you. And I said, okay. So a week later, I got an email from this lady. They live in Sedona, Arizona. So I have a little bit of furniture and some old silver and stuff I'm interested uh-huh. in possibly donating. So she sent me some photos. I'm like, you know, this is great stuff. I, I don't know that I can afford to drive down to Sedona, you know, and get it all, uh-huh. um, you know. And then her husband got involved and started emailing me. He said, well, you know what? We enjoyed summer season so much. We've never come up for the fall. But we're thinking about coming up for the fall. Probably open opening week because we really love the, the directors going to the seminars uh-huh. and that kind of stuff. Very cool. So – you know, if we can work out some sort of deal or something, you know, we'll we'll drive up the stuff. And we said, okay, fine. And so we went back and forth, and they said, you know, well, we'd be great if you could come see the stuff. And we had planned to go see Mariel's parents in early August. And so on the way to Mariel's parents' house, we stopped in Sedona and had dinner with this couple, and they took us to their house and kind of gave us a tour. And they walked through the house, and they said, well, we're going to give you this, we're going to give you this, we're going to give you this. And um, we're like, oh, this is way more than we expected. And they said, well, yeah, we've been thinking about it, and you guys will take care of it and everything else. And so they, they showed up with this 14-foot box truck um, two weeks ago, and it was jam-packed. Um, uh, there's a, seven, uh, a 17th century rocker. There's all kinds of 18th century Victorian furniture. Um, just some amazing stuff that we'll, you'll see a bunch of it on stage in Charles Ant next summer. Yeah. Um, it's oh, all wow. going into stock. It'll be really useful. Um, <clears throat> and they just, we took them to breakfast the next day and chatted with them and they just had such a great time. And, uh, they've only been coming for a couple of years, but, yeah. you know, they just feel a really great connection to this organization. Um, and the people here um, that they're like, well, we're going to come up next year and we're going to talk to our friends and maybe we'll load up a truck of other people's stuff and bring it up to you <laughs> next year. So, um, oh, that's so, so cool. we've made some really good friends and, and, and they've made an amazing donation to the organization. Yeah. And that happens. I mean, we, I, we never used to get donations. And now uh-huh. probably seven or eight times a year we get a pretty substantial, you know, people go, oh. Why am I giving this to DI? The festival might be able to use this, or you know, or, yeah. or whatever. And so we've we've gotten some really great stuff that way, um, which helps out everybody because they get a yeah, tax they donation, get a donation. And, and, yeah. and we get. And you some have people great who stuff. come to your seminars pretty regularly, and yeah, we, there's a couple people who who know, and they're like, uh-huh. "Oh, I brought you this this time. Yeah, I have some um, when I come next summer, I'll... <laughs> exactly." And they they love Ben. Oh, that's incredible. They look but, forward to coming just to see his seminar and well, bring you, us stuff. You talk about the indestructible prop. I mean, if we're talking about objects made in well, the 18th and 19th century, 
there's some wear and tear there, but also these are things that were handmade yeah. with better materials, right? Yeah. Than we, than you can buy real now. wood. Yeah, real wood. Yeah, <laughs> quarters on good stuff. Yep. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank so. you both so much. You're this, welcome. I don't know if I've had this much fun on an interview. <laughs> You're both incredible. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Next week we will have actors Tracy Thomason and Sarah Griffin. Tracy and Sarah are playing two of the fiancé flight attendants, Gabriella and Gloria, in this fall season's production of Boeing Boeing. <laughs>